After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. Gran multitud, la cual nadie podía contar. Personne pour le compte. Allez, hukum et alkanasi, du mio kate, a mio anoe, tribush pop with the language. E us singhasan or us mimani, and before the lamb. Llevaban tunicas blancas. Und hielten palmzweige in ihren Händen. Si austrigat kuglas tare. Salvation belongs to our God. Le sali e an notre Dieu. Ke krang la elam, ranga ailo. Etinaya fui, ubosalo bois oye. Every nation. Orchenyam. De toda nación. Alkanasi. All right, isn't it fun to be a part of an Every Nation congregation? Man, I love it. In fact, I was worshiping upstairs. I almost forgot to come down and preach. Okay, guys, I'm so glad that you guys are here today. My name is Matt Wolf. I'm the lead pastor here at Arise Church, Denver, and I'm glad you are here for Every Nation Sunday. It is a special day, um, and we ask people, if, if you want to, you can come wearing some clothes that represent your culture and I'm like, I'm a white boy from Colorado, so I gotta wear plaid. Um, is that okay? And we asked some of you to bring some dishes. We got a lot of good food. After the first service, it was awesome. Hopefully some of you brought some food to the same thing, represent your culture. I decided not to bring Rocky Mountain oysters. Um, I hope that's okay as well. Hey, okay, but yeah, that, you know, we, we're gonna have a time to celebrate after this service that we are an Every Nation congregation because we believe that's what heaven's gonna be like. And we'll see the script. That's what heaven's gonna be like. People from every tribe, tongue, nation, and people coming together to worship the Lamb. And we wanna do that here at Arise Church Denver as well. So I'm glad that you're joining us online and in person for today. And we, we are establishing this as a core value to be an every nation congregation and reflect heaven by cultivating a community of diversity for all people. And so we're voting that in tonight at our vision Sunday. We're having a special time at 6 p.m. that we're gonna come and, and come together as a congregation vote. So if you are part of our congregation and you wanna vote for that, come. If you don't wanna vote for it, don't show up. Okay, I'm just saying that ahead of time, but that's gonna be special tonight at our um, vision night at six. But we wanna kinda get a snapshot because we know like, hey, we already are a church it represents a lot of different cultures. In first service alone, we had people from 22 different nations representing and 23 different languages. Isn't that pretty cool? I, that's pretty cool. I don't know about you, but, but we want to get a snapshot of where we are today because we want to even grow more diverse as a church. So we're taking a snapshot today. So we're going to do something special. We're going to take a little survey. Aren't you guys so excited about a little survey? So we're gonna take it right now. So if you have a phone, go ahead and pull it out right now. Shoot this QR code. We want everyone here to do this. If you're online as well, fill out this quick survey. And if you don't have your phone, raise your hand up in the air and we actually have some physical forms that we're gonna come by and bring them. We have some clipboards and pens. So hold your hand up high until we drop off that clipboard to you. We just want a, a quick survey of who we are as a church right now. So take a few minutes and do that. And let's get some good music going. Oh, there we go.
And as people are finishing that out, just on your seat, you'll notice a card for our next series. We're gonna finish up our Every Nation series next Sunday with a really cool Sunday. Um, but in two weeks, we're gonna start our new series, More Than a Feeling, on dating, marriage, parenting, and gender. Yeah, that's right. So if you want some help with modern relationships, make sure you're here for that series starting October 8th. Um, so hopefully you guys are finishing up those surveys. And as you guys are doing that, we're about to jump into our message. You guys want a message today, don't you? You wanna hear from God's word? Good. I hope that you're hungry today, not just for the good food afterwards, uh, but for what we're gonna hear from God today. So um, we are, are, I'm gonna be preaching a message called Every Nation Under God. Every Nation Under God. Who in here grew up saying the Pledge of Allegiance every day at school? I sure did. And we always said, one nation under God. But the image we get in the Bible is of every nation under God. It's not just the United States of America. It's not just any one country. It's all people, all nations. And that's what we're gonna celebrate and learn from the scriptures today because God loves people from every nation. Did you know that? He loves people from every tribe, from every people, from every language. God loves diversity. Did you know that? I mean, we should know that because if you look at the world he created, it's pretty diverse, isn't it? I learned the other day that there are some 500 million species of beetles in our world. That's incredible. It's said that one out of four um, living creatures on our planet is a beetle. So it said, look at your three closest friends, and if they're not a beetle, that means you are. Okay, <laughs> I don't think that's quite accurate. Um, but God loves diversity, right? Just how many beetles there are in the world. He loves diversity, and he loves the diversity so much, that's what he wants in heaven. And we get this, um, this, this heart behind who God is in a, in a verse that we've looked at in actually every message so far in this series. And I wanted to show it to you guys again in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. And if you have your smartphone, you can use the YouVersion Bible app and find our Rise Church Denver event today. Um, but th this verse, we, we saw it already a couple weeks, but it's so good. Gives us God's heart for every nation, for every people. Verse three, it says, um, God our savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. This is God's heart for every person, all people, every nation. Okay, God cares about all people and he wants them to be saved. He loves all people. Um, and I think some people around you have forgotten that. So I want you to turn to the person next to you and say that God loves you. Okay, there you go. God loves you. He loves every person. He, he loves every person. And in fact, that's one of the reasons why he gives us this vision of what heaven's gonna look like in Revelation chapter seven, nine. In Revelation seven, nine, we read this. Um, one of the disciples, John, is writing, writing down this vision he sees in verse nine. It says, after this, I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. So this image, so many people, billions, maybe trillions of people, all coming together to worship the lamb who is Jesus. They're all worshiping together. And what I love about this is the diversity of this scene. So John, who's a Jewish man living in the first century, can look out at these people and, and tell that they're these people from every nation, tribe, people, and language. And at first I was like, oh, maybe they're wearing different clothes, but they're all wearing the same clothes. Did you notice? It says they're all wearing white robes. They're all wearing white robes. So how did he know they were diverse? Well, maybe it was the color of their skin. Maybe it was the shape or color of their eyes. 
Maybe it was the color or texture of their hair. Maybe they had some headdresses on. We don't know what kind of jewelry or shoes they might've been wearing, but he could tell just by looking that there were all these diverse people from all over the world. And on top of that, he could hear their languages. So somehow he can hear all these different languages being spoken. And he recognizes that there is so much diversity in heaven and that's how God wants it to be. Do you understand that? God loves the diversity of all people. And we should as well. And that's why we're celebrating that today. We're celebrating that we come from different cultures, different backgrounds, even some people from the nation of Texas. We celebrate that too, okay? Okay, we celebrate the the different foods that we eat and and the the languages we speak because that's what heaven is gonna be like. And we don't wanna wait till then. So as a church, we wanna reflect that now, to reflect that now. And what's incredible is how inclusive this image is, isn't it? How inclusive, every nation, every tribe, everybody can be there and they're represented before the Lamb. How inclusive is that? That's, so incl- that's more inclusive than any place that you've ever been in your entire life. And yet, did you notice how exclusive it is? Look at verse 10 with me. And they all cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That's Jesus. They're all from every nation, every tribe, people and language, and they're worshiping one God because there is one God who's the creator of all things and one savior, Jesus Christ. That's pretty exclusive. Okay, so let's, let's talk about that for a second. Because if you're like me, you have some friends that maybe don't worship our God, right? You have some friends that are Jewish, who are Muslim, who are agnostic or atheist, who are Mormons, and they, and they practice a different religion so, so how could we be so exclusive to not have them there in heaven? Ooh, that's a tough question, isn't it? Because we want to, in, in our modern day, like we love our friends, our family members, and we, we want them to be in heaven too. We just all wanna hold hands and sing kumbaya, don't we? Like seriously, wouldn't it be so much nicer if, if, if we could all do that? But that's not the image in the Bible, and that's not what God presents. Incredibly inclusive, anyone can come and worship the Lamb but only those who worship the lamb can be there, inclusive and exclusive at the same time. Now, that's tough for a lot of us because um, we're kind of taught that idea. Well, aren't all religions kind of like different paths leading up the same mountain? Have you ever heard this idea before? And when we get to the top, we'll realize that all these different paths, though they are winding, though they look different, when you get to the top, they're all gonna get to the same destination. That's what a lot of people teach. Or there's people that are like, man, there's just some good stuff in every religion. A lot of people are like Ricky Bobby. You remember Ricky Bobby from Talladega Nights? When his car crashes and he thinks he's on fire, he says, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jewish God. Help me, Allah. Help me, Tom Cruise. Help me, Oprah Winfrey. Do you remember this scene? He's crying out to all these gods and who knows what else for help. Because aren't they all like different ways to connect and and reach that same peak? And that image sounds great until you look a little closer, until you do just a little bit closer. Because on the first glance, you think, oh, that sounds great. All religions, all philosophies, they all lead up the same thing. But then you're like, every religion? What about what those ancient Aztecs practiced when they did human sacrifices? And in one day, they uh, sacrificed 84,000 human beings to dedicate a new temple. Like, is that, is that religion gonna be at the top of the mountain too? Well, what about like that religion that Jim Jones started where they all went, started that commune in, in Guyana, South, South America, 
and they literally drank the Kool-Aid laced with cyanide, and over 900 people committed suicide together, including almost 300 children? Is that religion gonna be there? What about those fundamentalist Mormons that live out in the desert and they have multiple wives, including underage wives? Is that religion gonna be there? And then you're like, okay, whew, okay, maybe not all of them. Let's get rid of those ones, right? And we, we gotta exclude a few. So, so then there, people are like, well, maybe all the major religions. Because when you look at all the major religions, there's a lot of similarities, aren't there? I mean, some of them are very obvious, like the golden rule. Almost every religion has some version of the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That sounds great. Almost every religion has some form of praying or meditating, right? So they're all leading up to the same top of the mountain, right? But just because the religions look similar doesn't mean they're all going in the same place, okay? The path might be very similar. It's just like the asphalt on I-25 going west in the mountains is very similar to the asphalt going south on I-25 to Pueblo. But I would much rather go into the mountains than to Pueblo right now. Okay, and in Colorado Springs, we got a lot of Pueblo jokes. I might need any trouble if I tell to me. The armpit of Colorado. But, um, okay, if you're from Pueblo, I love you, right? People in Denver have Colorado Springs jokes, okay? There's, I get it, don't tell me those. I don't wanna hear them. Okay, we have, uh, the, the, the asphalt may look the same, the road may look the same, but they're going in different directions. They're not going to the same destination. See, when you look closer at the different religions of the world, you will realize that they are not different ways leading up the same mountain. They are different ways leading up different mountains, entirely. In some religions, like Christianity and Judaism, there's, there's one God. In other religions, like in the East, there are hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of gods. Some religions, your ancestors are the gods you worship. and others, there are no gods at all. Some, there's an invisible force out there in the universe and that God might be inside of you and inside of me, we're all part of the God. Okay, those, that's pretty different, isn't it? What about the destination of each religion? You look just a little bit closer. Yes, some religions like Christianity teach that there is a heaven that you go to after you die. But some religions teach that you'll be reincarnated again and again and again. Some say you'll be snuffed out of existence the moment you die. Others that you'll be united with the universal force. So which one is it? They can't all be right. You don't need a master's degree in logic to figure that one out. So even if you look just a tiny little bit closer, you realize it makes no sense for there to be many paths leading up the same mountain to the same destination. It's just not how it works. What really matters is what's the right path. What's true? What's reality? And in Christianity, and in the gospel that, that we proclaim here in our church that goes all the way back to the first century AD, it's very simple, and I want you guys to see this in 1 Timothy 2.5. The apostle Paul writes, for there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus. Pretty simple. One God one mediator between man and God, one path, basically, one way to God. And this is mimicking the very words of Jesus himself. Jesus taught in John 14, 6, very clearly, he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said, I'm the way. Like he couldn't have made it more clear. There's no other way, just me. And in Acts 4, 12, the gospel that was proclaimed by the early Christians was that salvation is found in no one else, 
for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And this was the gospel proclaimed to people from every nation. So all the people, we're including everybody, but there's only one exclusive way. So what we wanna know is that true. (laughs) That's what matters, right? People at first, when they hear something like that, and, and you might be feeling this way, you're like, Matt, that sounds pretty arrogant. To claim there's only one way when there's so many billions of people and all these different ways, it's pretty arrogant to claim there's only one way. Do you know what's even more arrogant? To stand and say, I've seen the top of the mountain and all your ways are the same. There's nothing more arrogant than flattening every single religion and saying they're the same and leading to the same destination. I'm gonna be honest. That's the most arrogant position you can take because it's ignoring all these different cultures and customs that go back thousands of years, saying they're all the same. And on top of that, it doesn't matter if it's arrogant, if it's true. It has nothing to do with humility or arrogance. If there's only one way, and you say there's only one way, it has nothing to do with humility or arrogance. Think about this. If you get bitten by a snake, and there's one anti-venom to cure you of that poison, and someone comes to you after you get bit by that snake and says, have you tried hydrating? You know, that really helps me when I'm not feeling good. You just gotta get hydrated. Or they're like, you know, I just take a vitamin C every morning. It just helps with everything. Have you thought about that? Have you thought about yoga? Like, you don't want to hear all these different things. You want to know the one antidote, the one antivenom, so that you can be cured, right? It's not arrogant for the person to say, take this antivenom because it's the only way for you to be saved. If it's the only way you can be saved. You understand what I'm saying? So what we really want to know is, is what Jesus said what the early Christians said, what the Bible says, is it true or not? That's what matters. So I wanna take a few minutes to see what the Bible actually says because I think it will be true to your experience in life and also true to reality. So, So think about this. What is it that is the problem with our world? What's the thing that's blocking us from God? I think I heard it already. It's sin. It's sin, okay? It's not that you need to go to more therapy, though you might, okay? What we have in our life is sin. Sin, the Bible talks about, is missing the mark, missing what God has set for us. But even if you're not a believer in God, let me tell you this, sin is hurting yourself or hurting others, and you do it. Every single one of us has hurt ourselves and others. I know you do this, because you eat foods that you shouldn't and you eat more than you should and you go back for second, thirds, and fourths even though it hurts you. You don't exercise when you should. We hurt our bodies physically, right? And more than that, we get in relationships with people that we shouldn't, that are hurtful to ourselves. Have you ever been in a relationship you shouldn't have? Friendship or romantic? And sometimes you go back to that person even though you know better and then you break up with them and you're like, what was I thinking? We all have done things that hurt ourselves and we've hurt other people. We have done things and said things that offend people, even if they're just jokes about Pueblo, right? We've all said things that offend people, hurt people. We, we have done things that have hurt people. Sometimes it's accidental when you say those things and you're like, oh, I didn't even know that really struck a nerve to you, right? I, I'm, I hurt you. But sometimes it's deliberate. Every single one of us has deliberately hurt another human being. All of us. We have all sinned. So we can throw out God's definition of sin and you're like, yeah, I've sinned. It's your problem. In fact, we have a sinful heart. 
At our very nature, we make bad decisions over and over again, even though they hurt ourselves. Sin is our problem. And it's the same problem for every single type of person from every nation, tribe, people, and language. In fact, in Romans chapter three, Paul, a Jew, is writing to other Jews, and he says, there is no difference between Jew and Gentile, meaning non-Jew. I'm a Gentile, most of us are. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every nation, tribe, tongue, people, every person has the same problem, and it is sin. We have fallen short of God's standard, and we have hurt ourselves and hurt others. And it's a problem. It's always been a problem. So that's the thing blocking our way, sin. So what is the way? Jesus. Jesus. That's what Christianity teaches, that there is one way, and his name is Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. See, God loves us so much that he sees us in our sin, sees us again and again, not choosing him in his way, but choosing our own way and hurting ourselves and others. And he loves us so much that he sends his own son to come down in human form. Did you notice how it said, Jesus Christ, the man? He was the man that was the intermediary, the mediator between God and mankind. There had to be a human to come down on our level because Jesus unlike the rest of us, never sinned one time. He never hurt himself. He never hurt others. He always chose what's right. He always followed God's way. And in spite of living a perfect life, loving people, serving them, washing their feet, he still suffered a sinner's death. He was arrested, beaten, mocked, stripped naked and put up on a cross to die. Executed, though he had done nothing wrong. He suffered the sinner's death that we deserve to suffer. And Jesus did that to make a way for our sins to be forgiven. He took all that sin upon himself so that we could receive forgiveness and eternal life. Look with me again at our passage in 1 Timothy chapter two. It says, for there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. He gave himself dying as our ransom. Do you guys know what a ransom is? Not a movie with Mel Gibson, but yeah, it is. Okay, ransom is when you pay a price to free someone. We are in the debt of sin. We deserve death as our punishment. But Jesus pays off our debt. He ransoms us out of that to free us from slavery. Did you guys see this week there was a really big ransom paid? You guys see this in the news? For five Americans who were arrested in Iran, do you know how much we paid to ransom those five human beings? Five Iranian hostages, no, I mean not hostages, five Iranian prisoners were released from the US and $6 billion worth of oil reserves. That's billion with a B. Meaning the cost of one human being was over a billion dollars. That's the ransom that was paid for those human beings. Do you understand that? So in the same way, someone had to ransom us from our sin to free us from the debt we could never pay. You think your student loans are bad? Think about that, okay? The billions that you owe because of your sin. But Jesus paid it for you by dying for you. Maybe you saw this news story last year. There was a NYPD officer, Wilbur Mora, um, and he and some fellow officers went and responded to a domestic violence call in, in New York City. And when they got there, 
one of the people in the apartment opened fire, shot, and ultimately killed Wilbur. And when he was shot and killed, um, his family knew what his wishes were for him to be a hero, not just in life, but also in death. And they took his organs and they gave his two kidneys, they gave his liver, they gave his heart, and, and five other people received his organs. So people who had something within themselves that was killing them, all of a sudden were given new organs so that they could live from one man who gave himself to save them. Do you understand that? We understand that on a basic level. And in the same way, Jesus died on the cross, shedding his blood, his body being broken, facing death so that you could live. And by believing in Jesus, that's like receiving the new heart. Your sinful heart is taken out and he's given you a new softer heart of flesh so that you can begin to follow him and be changed and made perfect eventually in heaven. Do you get that? Jesus died in your place. He is the one and only way. The theologian Karl Barth says it this way. He says, Jesus does not give recipes that show the way to God as other teachers of religion do. He is himself the way. And that resounds with my heart. I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner and I need a savior. It's true to me, but even more importantly, it is true to reality. It's true to reality. Look at the very uh, second half of verse six in 1 Timothy chapter two. It says, for there's one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been what? Witnessed at the proper time. Do you know why he says that? Because this is based on an event in human history. Christianity alone among all the religions is based on one singular event. And if that event happened, it's true. If it didn't, why are we wasting our time on Sunday morning? There's a whole bunch of other things we could be doing. The farmer's market, watching football, okay? We would be wasting our time. But we have an event that happened that was witnessed by human beings. Do you know what that what event was? The resurrection. It's undeniable historically that Jesus died on the cross. Nobody debates that. Everybody knows that happened. But when they took Jesus' body down and they put him in the tomb, he was there for three days. But on the third day, he rose from the dead. The tomb was empty. Then Jesus appeared to first Mary and then to the disciples and then to some 500 people over the span of 40 days. They talked with him. They touched the holes in his hands and in his side where he had been speared. They ate breakfast with him. They hugged him. They spent all this time with their savior and they're like, it's true, it happened. And that's why they went around all the world to every nation to tell people that Jesus had risen from the dead. And, and there were eyewitnesses. Paul wrote this within the lifetime of these eyewitnesses. Some of them were still around and they could have been like, ah, oh, that's not how I remember it. But they didn't. The eyewitnesses gave their lives to tell the truth about what happened. Why would you die for something unless you knew it happened, unless you were there as an eyewitness? And that's what they did. They saw it. They proclaimed it. And because that resurrection is a historical event with eyewitnesses, we have faith today because the resurrection happened and it proves that what Jesus did on the cross works, that Jesus is the one and only way. Let me tell you this. If someone predicts their death and their resurrection three days later and then pulls it off, you should probably listen to everything they say. 
just going to throw that out there. And that's what Jesus did for us. And if he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me, he knows what he's talking about. Jesus is the one and only way for everyone. Jesus is the one way for everyone. That's the truth today that I want you guys to hear. I want you to know this. This is our big idea. Jesus is the one way for everyone. It's not a bunch of different ways up the same mountain. No, there's one way. And it's inclusive. Everyone from every nation, tribe, tongue, and people can come. But they must come through Jesus if they want to get to God, have their sins forgiven and given new life. There's one way for everyone. I was talking with someone and he's one of my one. You know, we've taken the challenge to seek the one. I may or may not have more than one. So I think that's okay, right? But I was talking to one of my ones and he's actually been here before. And he was, he's feeling this draw to Christianity and he said he'd felt that before. And, and he talked with one of his relatives who was a Native American. And, and this relative was said, oh, you can't become a Christian. That's the white man's religion. So he wanted to talk about that. And I was like, white man's religion. I was like, Christianity never was the white man's religion, never is and never will be the white man's religion because we worship Jesus, a Middle Eastern Jew. He had darker skin than me, okay? And in fact, the people that put him up on the cross were the lighter skinned Europeans from Rome. Let me just say that. And do you know who carried Jesus' cross because he was too weak to carry it for himself? Simon of Cyrene, a man from Africa, a black man, carried his cross for him. Christianity wasn't, a white man's religion from the beginning. And do you know who proclaimed the good news that Jesus had risen from the dead the very first time? It was a woman, Mary Magdalene. Not even a man's religion, right? It's every man, woman, child's religion from every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. And what I told him, and I'll tell you too, North Americans, which a lot of us are, North Americans only make up 14% of Christians around the globe. Did you know that? 14%. There are more Christians in Asia than there are in North America. 25% around of all the Christians in the world live in Latin America and the Caribbean. Another 25% live in Sub-Saharan Africa. Christianity isn't a white man's religion. In fact, we're the minority, okay? Can I get an amen to that? <laughs> it's the truth. Never was a white man's religion. It's an every man's religion, every woman's religion. It belongs to all of us. It is inclusive to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people and language. It is the most beautiful thing because you go out in our world and they try to make an inclusivity, but there's fighting, there's anger. Who in here is not looking forward to 2024? It's gonna be fighting and there's gonna be anger and there's gonna be, it's gonna be bad, right? Because we can't agree on anything. We're not united in anything. But when we come to here at Arise Church Denver, we are gonna be a church for every nation, tribe, tongue, people, and language. We're gonna to come together and we're gonna be united around worshiping the one God and his son, Jesus Christ. And we're gonna fight for it. We're gonna have differences. We're gonna offend each other accidentally and hopefully not on purpose. And we're gonna work through those differences to create something even more beautiful because that's what heaven is gonna look like. And I don't wanna wait till then. Jesus is the one way for everyone. And I wanna tell you this, because Jesus is the one way for everyone, but he also is the one way for everyone. I don't care if you were raised in a Christian home, if you were baptized, catechized, went to Catholic school. I don't care if you grew up in a quote unquote Christian nation, unless you have put your personal faith in Jesus Christ, you are not a Christian. But you need to, 
if you wanna receive that ransom to be forgiven of your sin and be in heaven for eternity with the rest of the believers for all time. So I'm telling you this because some of you need to put your faith in Jesus Christ for the first time today. And I'm gonna give you a simple prayer to do that. We're told that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved in the Bible, everyone. So we must call with our mouth. So I'm gonna give you a simple prayer that you can repeat after me to declare your faith for the first time. So if everybody could close their eyes right now. And if you're already a follower of Jesus, say this prayer out loud to give courage to somebody around you who needs to pray it for the first time. Please repeat after me. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. Save me, forgive me. In faith, I declare, Jesus is Lord. Fill me with your spirit. Give me the gift of eternal life. Help me to follow you and make disciples of every nation. Now with eyes closed, if you prayed that prayer for the first time and meant it, if Jesus for the first time today is your Lord and Savior, we wanna celebrate with you and we wanna give you a little gift of a book that can help you with your first steps in faith. So if you said that prayer for the first time and meant it, Put your hand in the air on the count of three. One, two, three. If you, today you are a follower of Jesus. I see that hand in the back. Let's celebrate for this decision that was made. Let's celebrate. Um, Lord God, we're just so grateful for those who make a decision to follow you, to find eternal life. And I pray, Lord God, that you'd help every single one of us follow you, to be more loving, to be more kind, to have the heart of our Father in heaven who loves people from every nation, tribe, people, and language. And Lord God, we wanna worship you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Do you guys want to know what our survey turned up? Okay. From our two services combined, these are combined numbers, right? We have people representing 32 different nations and 27 languages. Isn't that cool? Let's celebrate that together. I think that's amazing. And this is a snapshot of where we are right now. We're going to get even more diverse. Okay. Let's do it. Can we do that together? Yeah. Let's, let's reach every nation. 